When we let automatic negative thoughts run our show, we don't achieve our goals, we feel more stressed, we feel anxious, we can start to feel depressed. We feel like we were a victim in our own lives as opposed to life happening for us. And then we don't go for those big goals. We don't achieve great things in our lives and we're constantly thinking, I wish there was more to it. What's this purpose? What's it all about? In today's show, we are talking about why we're so predisposed to those negative thoughts and seven ways that you can have and develop a more positive mindset. I love this topic. I hope you do too, because it is life-changing stuff. Do you sometimes find yourself getting caught up in those automatic negative thoughts perhaps some days you wake up and you feel like maybe you've got out of bed on the wrong side you know that phrase perhaps it's other people's negative thoughts that then replay over and over in your mind I once remember talking to a really close friend of mine about my business and she said to me would you think it'd even work and I used to replay that question over in my mind as a negative she doubts me she doesn't think it'll work My friend doesn't, I must be silly. Even she doesn't think I'm capable of it. You see how these automatic negative thoughts, you go in this vicious cycle and if you dwell on it and you focus on it too much, that becomes a resounding answer. Because let's face it, if we've got this negative thought in our head that says it's not going to work, how much effort are you really going to put in? How much are you really going to go for it? You know, when it's really tough, you're going to give in. You're going to say, hey, I can't do this. This doesn't work. And if you're thinking, I hate being a negative ninny or whatever that phrase was that you used to talk about a friend about, well, the truth is most of us do and we're predisposed to do it as humans by nature. You see, we have this brain that was there to protect us and back in caveman days or older than that even, it was there to protect us and keep us safe from all the things that might cause us harm. So this part of our brain is negatively, you know, biased to look out for dangers, to keep us safe in a comfort zone. So it will give us as many discomforts as possible every time we want to step out of that comfort zone. Now, you can probably think of many times when you've been negative. Maybe you feel negative today and that's why you wanted to tune into this episode so that you can start to feel more positive. It's something that as a family, we're constantly working on. It's not like I'm going to share seven new habits with you and you're going to adopt them tomorrow. This is something we've really got to work on. But that negative predisposition that we have in our brain doesn't mean you're a negative person. It's just something that we naturally do. We try to avoid pain and pain might be anything that we don't know the outcome of. Our brain just can't tell us if it's going to work out or not. And here's something that was a game changer for me. When I used to flip-flop between good days and bad days, good weeks and bad weeks, good years and bad years... I used to think it was like a a zone. It was like a a period of life. Oh, this is the down. Oh, I'm on the downward spiral now. And I remember falling into a really deep depression after my burnout, a deep depression that I felt that I couldn't cope with anything. I remember feeling completely useless and lost. So I'd had this episode. I'd basically gone to bed one evening, having built up all of this stress in my body and from my corporate career, getting overwhelmingly busy and stressful and anxious about it. And I would go to bed with my head going about 50 million different things that I was failing at. And that night that I had heart palpitations and I actually thought maybe I was having a heart attack, but I couldn't switch off. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop any of it, but I couldn't get over how physical 
this this ailment felt, but how stupid I felt. And I just remember the next morning being fit for nothing. I just sobbed. I couldn't talk to anybody. I just messaged my boss, which was a big no-no if if you're employed or ever have been, or you employ people messaging your boss to say you're not coming in with no real, you know, the vague reason is just a no-no. It's against every policy under the book. But I remember that negative feeling, that downward feeling of depression, that crying, that just constant feeling that I couldn't do it. I couldn't cope. I wasn't capable anymore. And how that sort of lingered on. It lingered on for a long time. I I clung to those feelings. I kept rethinking the same things about how a failure I was, how I couldn't possibly, how could I not cope in that job when other people had already done it before me? How could I not cope with my business? How can I not cope with these clients? Other people are crushing it. And let's face it, we're just watching the highlight reel, aren't we? We know that we're watching just that finishing product at the end of it. But it doesn't stop you thinking you're no good. But I want to share something that I find quite a, chain, quite a game changer. I've hinted at a couple of things in that story. One was my focus. My focus was on those negative thoughts, that downward spiral. At no point could I shift it. It was almost like I had to wallow in it. An awareness of it, I had to be signed off sick and I just had to sit and dwell on it. I couldn't be seen to be having fun, to be going out there, to be meeting people and nor did I feel that I should. You know, I very much felt that I should be sad right now. I should be negative, doom and gloom. I must have been awful to be around. And anybody who's been in that state, you'll know that you don't feel like yourself. You don't feel like you've got any connection to purpose, future. You just want it to end and you just hate it and it There's no contentment there. You just become numb. You become numb. You become the victim. You have no control. It's not a nice place to be. But what I've since learned that I found really valuable is it's not just where you focus, but it's acknowledging that it's not an attribute of you. You know, it's not that you are negative. It's not that you are this, you are that. It's actually a state And it's a state that we fluctuate in. Most of us fluctuate all day long through emotional phases of being positive, negative, happy, sad. I mean, I want to use broader words than this, but for some reason I can't find them right now. And you only have to look at children to see this. For any of you who've got children that you're related to, that you see on a regular basis, that are near to you, or you can relate to when you were a child or particularly a teenager, My daughter, she goes through some quite emotional phases. If she's tired, if she's hungry or hangry, as we call it, she'll go through very emotional, negative, you know, really down phases of telling you nothing will work. Everything's wrong. She's not happy. No, I don't want that. No, I don't want this. And then in the emotional breakdown, like it's the end of the world. Well, we can do exactly the same thing as we fluctuate throughout the day. When I talked about waking up on the wrong side of the bed and then I talked about maybe getting outside and doing some exercise and feeling like today's going to be a good day. Perhaps it's towards the end of the day when you feel like everybody's been really hard work. I have three kids and quite frequently do I get to the end of the day and as much as I love them and I'm constantly striving to be a positive and present parent, I'm human and I get to the end of some days and I just go, Thank God that day's over. That was hard work. I hope to God I'm doing the right 
thing in this job, this super important, best job of the in the world, but is the most important. So once we re- recognize, or once I recognize certainly that it fluctuates, I was able to say, okay, whatever state I've woken up in, whatever state I'm in right now after this meeting that went terribly wrong, whatever state after this podcast interview, this guest, this whatever, I, you can shake that off. You can do something like a release meditation technique. You can go out for a walk in a green space. You can have a shower. These things, you know, stimulate creativity in the brain. They give you a break. They give you space between the thing you've just done and the moment where you felt in this negative state and puts you in a new positive state. The challenge becomes if some of these things are wrapped in and around your work and there's no there's no definition between your day. The schedule's there, but you just blend and merge from one meeting to the next, from one client to the next, from one workout to the next. Whatever it is you're doing, we need to create space and time in between it. So now you know there's nothing wrong with you. You are not unusual for being negative. You are not negative, Nini. Stop beating yourself up for it. Everybody does it. But let's have a look at seven new habits that you can adopt and do this gradually so that you can be more positive and have a more positive mindset, which we know will affect the results that you're getting. And the good thing about these things that I'm sharing is that they're science-backed. Everything I'm talking about here today is all based on research. And I want to share all of these every single day for this week on Instagram. You will get seven days of positivity. So if you're not following me already on socials, don't forget to go ahead and follow me on socials. Right. So um, first thing, I just want to get clear here. We're talking about positive mindset, which has a direct correlation with happiness and contentment. None of these, absolutely none of the things I'm going to share with you that have been research backed say, when you have a million followers, you will be positive. When you have a million pounds in the bank, you're all of a sudden going to feel positive about everything because it's got absolutely nothing to do with your positivity or even your happiness and contentment. Because, yeah, the, the old saying is the truth. Money doesn't actually buy you happiness. Yes, it buys you opportunities to do things and experiences, but it won't buy you the positive mindset. You have to cultivate that. You have to nurture it. In this garden of your mind, we have to somehow tame it, control it, and work with our body, mind and body together to become more positive. I know you're thinking, Sue, what on earth are you talking about? Well, let me tell you, if you do these things for a month, or even just pick two of these habits and do them for the month, I guarantee you will feel a whole lot more positive by the time that month has finished. Anyway, I'm going to challenge you with seven. So let's go through these now. The first one, you will not be surprised. But that whole, I'll be positive, I'll be happy when I have X, Y, Z. Well, there's two sides of the same coin here. I'm talking about gratitude. If we appreciate what we already have, what we appreciate appreciates. Yeah, that grows. I'll let that one sit with you for a minute. Two sides of the same coin. If we're thankful in the past for everything we already have or everything we have right now, then we're going to be more likely to be optimistic about what's waiting for us in that incredible future that's waiting for you. Go grab it. Now, the Harvard study, and there's loads of Harvard studies here going on, talk about 
how being grateful makes you more positive. It has gives you a positive energy. It talks about health and happiness. There is something about relishing the future when we feel happy and positive in the present. So you see, it's really important that we do gratitude. And right now, I want you to think, no matter where you are, of three things you feel grateful for. Whether it's the birth of a child, the fact that you've managed to escape a corporate job and set up your own business. I mean, you need to feel very grateful, but also very proud of yourself. Perhaps it's that you have so such nutritious food. You ha- you're blessed with your health. You are blessed every single day. You can think of three things easily, easily. You will just keep going with this. Okay, the second one you will have heard a lot in the media about more recently. The longest study of humans. So this has been since 1938. They have been studying the good life of men and boys that, you know, they adopt, they, they signed up to the study in 1938. So it's been a long time. They've added since spouses and a few children to the mix. You know, we like a little bit of balance here. We like our ladies to be included as well, don't we? And they found that, you know, they were following these people through um, divorces, through job redundancies, through qualifications, exams, through life changes, having children, lots of other things going on. And what they found, the correlation between the studies that, and the surveys they kept giving these people about their happiness, their contentment, the overall factor was having good quality relationships. Wow. Good quality relationships. Now, I want to just address this idea of relationships because if you're thinking, well, I'm not popular enough, I don't have enough followers, I don't have enough people in my group, you know, I'm not present enough in like, I'm not, I'm not the popular kid at school, never was, um, did want to, did we look up to them? Of, you know, of course, we probably all did at some point when we we're in the playground, but now that new world kind of moved from the playground onto social media, didn't it? And, you know, there's Kim Kardashian and she's got millions of followers and, you know, Beyonce only needs to join TikTok and she's already got five million and she's not even posted anything. You know, that kind of thing makes us feel inferior. But we're talking good quality relationships. I want you to think about how you measure your relationships. It's not by duration. It's not by number of them. It's about quality connection. If you have a loved one, a close friend, if you have a supportive parent somewhere in the mix, my God, invest their time, cling to them, work with them. You will thank yourself in the future. This is something that has been proven, proven by the longest study to affect your happiness and therefore your positivity. I mean, it stands to reason, doesn't it? When you have somebody or you're surrounded by positive people, good relationships, who you feel like you're back, somebody's got your back. They've got you, they understand you, they love you unconditionally, even when you fail, you mess up, you, I don't know, you, you get into debt, you, you, you mess up in your business, you, you lose a client, you, you come home and you realize you've messed up on something else. It doesn't matter, that person loves you, and you have that good relationship and you can laugh together and you can cry together, that will see you through. That will see you through absolutely anything. So you want to be more positive, invest time in those relationships. And you know me as a mum, I am constantly guilting myself into whether I'm building good relationships with my kids because in the future, I don't want them to never want to see their mum again. I, I want them to have a connection and to know that they can come 
talk to us about absolutely anything that together I'll support them we can get through anything and having that those relationships is incredibly important so if you're sitting here now thinking there was that person that I used to get on with but they moved to Australia well have a regular video call with them and re-engage have regular whatsapp chats and just reignite that connection if it's somebody that you know now and you just need to put in a bit more effort because it's all one-sided do that if it's bringing positivity if it's a good relationship a nurtured one that you want to keep in your life that you know is positive for you then do that okay so we're moving on now to a little bit more of the body we're going to focus on how we become more positive by addressing some of science really and we know we know so many of these things but we resist them i mean exercise will help you your heart rate your sleeping we know it will help you lose weight or you know well do we actually now but i'm diverging movement moving your body releases endorphins those endorphins make you feel good they release serotonin and dopamine you know healthy doses of this through doing exercise will help you to feel more positive however i want to just challenge you a little bit more here if I go to the gym and I did the same exercise routine every time, and here's, here's what my old gym routine pre-baby used to be. 10 minutes on the bike, you're thinking, Sue, lightweight. Yeah, I know. 10 minutes on, on the cross trainer and 10 minutes on the rower. That was my half hour in the shower, back dressed, back home, fine. 10 minutes of each. Now, the first, you know, if I had a gap, then, you know, I'd sometimes let myself off a little bit short of whatever that 10 minute period would be. But after a while, that 10 minutes becomes monotonous. It's not a challenge. It's just boring. I'm just doing the same 10 minutes. But what if, what if I really want to boost those endorphins? I'm fed up of doing, you know, doing the treadmill thing here. Then you've got to challenge yourself. So if you've been doing the same exercise routine all the time, you've got to change it up. You've got to challenge yourself. Every few months, let's move the bar a little bit higher. Let's lift a heavier weight. Let's do a few more of those sit-ups. Let's do a longer yoga session or a more intense one at a new level. When you do these things, you will start to push those endorphins even more because you're giving yourself a hit of dopamine that says, hey, I achieved something bigger and greater and better. So remember to challenge yourself in your movement and you will naturally start to become more positive. Okay, so now we are moving on to our mind again and the talk that we have with ourselves. You know that automatic negative thinking that I talked about earlier on? Well, maybe you walk around the kitchen and you tell yourself, hey, that wasn't very good. Hey, that was rubbish. Oh, you burnt the toast again. All of these things send little negative messages to yourself like, oh, you muppet. Oh, you're stupid. Maybe you say harsher things about yourself. But remember, remember what we always say to ourselves. We don't call our kids stupid. And if, you know, we have those stories of the child at school that was called stupid one day and they'll amount to nothing. Now, come on, this is bad teaching. Yet we would use the same language on ourselves. Oh my gosh, we are horrid to ourselves. Don't be that bad teacher to yourself. Be the good teacher that gives encouragement and praise. Be your own cheerleader. Regardless of what that teacher once said at school, that parent that snapped at you, or that person that indicated you weren't very good at something, you have got to do the exact opposite to yourself. So, 
I like to think of, I'm talking to my kids because I would never tell my kids they can't do something. Whenever I hear them say, I can't do this. I'll never be able to do this. Oh no, I can't do that because I just, I'm just like red rag, like no way. There is no can't do this. I'm not, my, my son came out with a purler actually last night. So we're playing catch in the garden um, and he's decided that he's no good at catching. He's a thrower. No, I'm just not good at catching. I'm rubbish at it. I'm a good thrower though. But he decided that was it. I'm like, you're seven years old. You are not bad at catching at seven years old. We're practicing. Right now we're practicing doing everything. We're going to keep practicing. You don't need to decide at seven, you're no good at something and give up. Because that was his attitude. That was what he was doing. He was basically saying, in this game, I'm just going to do all the throwing. What? At seven, you've given up on something? You've given up on life? You've said, you've decided what you can and can't do? No, no, growth mindset here. Let's readdress whatever's going on at school here. And I want you to do that with yourselves. Now, Mel Robbins talks a little bit about this kind of thing. So I want to just talk about how there was a study done in 2017 and it talks about mimicry. You know that thing where you can walk past somebody in the street and you can smile at them and they smile back. You know, it's like an infectious smile, isn't it? Well, the same thing happens with what you're saying to somebody. It's like that, that mimicry that happens where it's contagious, you take it on. So if somebody, you know, when you go to like a motivational speech or something, or you watch something, you know, Jim Carrey's motivational speech on YouTube or something like that, yeah, you're like, yes, I can do this. This is brilliant. And you might mock some of this stuff sometimes, but but actually it really does work. Being in an environment where everyone's going, yes, you can, and not, no, you can't, with that negative act- attitude, that does make you feel more positive about your future, which is why conferences, you know, big conferences go really well to boost people. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to do some self-talk, but you're going to do self-talk in the mirror. We're going to look right into your eyes. And this is so magical because once you look into your eyes, I mean, you can tell yourself anything. You tell yourself you're beautiful. I'm always telling my daughter this because women and body image is just, it's just so rife. But What you need to do is look in the mirror, you need to look into your eyes and you are going to give yourself a massive, massive shout out, a massive pep talk. You're going to look in your eyes and if you want to get even closer to it, you're going to have your hand on your heart, have that boost of oxytocin, go round your system. You're going to look into your eyes and you're going to give yourself all of those positive talks. So you're going to start by sticking a post-it note on the mirror. And you're going to read it out to yourself, looking in your eyes. Continue to do that for days on end. You can do this. You've got this. You are going to have this. You are crushing it. You are amazing. You can achieve anything. You can learn this. Maybe it's something really specific that you want to focus on. All of those things that make you feel like you've got this. You can take on the world. You're going to go out here. You're going to bring your A game. You are charismatic. You are incredible. You are awesome. You are the most knowledgeable person in the room and most of the time about your subject. And that is your self-talk. So, so far we have done four ways that you can become more positive. That means we've got three more ways. And don't worry, it's just like I said, you don't need to adopt these all in one go. It's seven new habits. It's going to take time. We're doing the seven habits of how to become more positive in our seven days of positivity challenge over on Instagram. Don't forget to follow me on I am Sue Parker. Link is in the show notes. 
If you don't already, you can follow me and you can see the reels. If you're listening to this later than June when we publish it, then you can still go back and check out those reels. And I would love to have a comment on the podcast to let me know if you've listened to this positivity episode and if you have started to adopt these, how you love them, how it has transformed your life like mine. Okay, we're moving on to number five now. We're going to talk about sunlight because sunlight, there's been so much science around sunlight. I mean, we know that it wakes you up and it can help you have a better night's sleep, but this can cue some some part of the retina that releases more of that wonderful thing called serotonin. So by getting our sunlight, that also makes us feel more positive, more contentment, because that's what serotonin does. It makes us feel content. It makes us feel happier. It makes us feel generally in a good place. And that's what we want, to be positive and come from a good place. So here's what you can do. You can wake up in the morning, start a new habit where before you do anything else, maybe you put on the morning coffee, you step out onto your patio and you just listen to the birds. If you've got birds nearby, listen to the rustle of the trees Just breathe deep breaths and just take in that sunlight. And I guarantee you'll come in with more focus. You'll be less likely to be depressed, anxiety. You'll be more, you'll be less stressful. And it really does work. I mean, I have a family. So for me, it's it's kind of a little bit less of a, oh, this is a nice relaxing morning. Most of the time, what will happen is, I will put the kettle on. The kids will have just like had a wild frenzy upstairs and then they'll have crash bang wallop downstairs. I'm dressed, mum. Can I go outside and play? Absolutely. I'm there with you. We are stepping outside. They are getting their serotonin first thing in the morning. They're getting their sunlight and their vitamin D. I'm getting mine. And we all feel good. Now you're thinking, hey, Sue, do you know what? 90% of the time in the UK, it rains. I know, I hear you. Well, the truth is you can enjoy the rain too. I know some people who do a 10 minute walk around the block, even though they don't have a little doggy. But if you'd like to get one, I would highly advise it because pets and animals have a really good positive impact on your wellness as well. So a 10 minute walk around the block in a raincoat, I guarantee you will feel much better. My husband even said this. We used to have a dog and my husband said, I miss those morning walks. I felt much better when I got out of bed and I had to take the dog out. He used to grumble about it at the time, but when he came back, he was alert. He was on it and we were still coming round. So this routine will really help you to get some sunlight and to get some release of serotonin and start to feel more positive early in the morning. Number six. Number six is a big one. It's a really big question that's not going to be answerable really quickly. Number six is all about your life purpose. The fact is, studies have shown that when you have an idea of your purpose, and this was in the Journal of Happiness Studies, we love stuff like that. I mean, what are the most important things in the world? Being healthy and happy, isn't it? So the Journal of Happiness studied this and they said people who have purpose are less angry. They have less of this internal chatter and that's what we've got to do. We've got to cut out this noise so we're not constantly in our heads. They have more contentment, more relaxation, more enthusiasm and more joy. Now, who doesn't want more enthusiasm about what they're about to do? I mean, doesn't work just not feel like work when you're really enthusiastic and you want to do it? That's that's what we've got to aim for, isn't it? So it's when you have something bigger than yourself, something purposeful to aim for, to do in your life. 
And for many of us, that involves trying to shut down the noise in our head that's saying, but you need to do this and you should be doing that and everybody else is doing this and look at them over there and why aren't you doing this? And it's that whole constant trying to keep up with something, someone else and something else that we perceive we should be doing. And if we can quieten that chatter and we can take a look inside our heart, at our inner compass of what should we be doing, what feels right, what were we born here to do, that's when, that's when we make this massive, massive shift into feeling content, knowing what I'm, what I'm here for, my, you know, my purpose, my enthusiasm, my joy. Now, if you want to have some reading, some extra reading on this, you can check out Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust. He was actually in a concentration camp. And during that time, he it broke many men. It broke, well, it was, there was many women and children that were killed. There was many men that were killed as well. But there was many that were spiritually broken. They couldn't survive the trauma of the way they'd been treated. Whereas Victor looked at it from a different perspective. He wanted to say, what was his purpose in this environment? He wanted to say, you can't break my spirit, but what's my purpose here? And he found a great, a great calling to help others. I mean, he, he was a psychologist for start off, so he was able to work with people going through that trauma. But he was going through it himself. It's just that he decided his purpose there was to help others. He was there to guide and be the light for others. And coming out of that, knowing that he could support trauma victims and and the work that he did that followed it. So it's quite an interesting perspective, but purpose is about that higher self. Sometimes we put so much stress on, I must have purpose and the purpose must be something huge because we're too busy following Elon Musk and and all sorts of unfathomable things. But the reality is we don't all need to be Steve Jobs to have a purpose in life. Your purpose might be like mine is now to bring up three healthy, happy children and to make sure I provide for them, to make sure I'm a good leader of them, to be a good role model and to empower others to follow their dream life. And leading on to the final idea of how you can become more positive This one is a good one too. And this is one that you can practice daily. This is about having confidence in your own ability. Confidence and self-belief in you. Why does that matter so much? Why does that make you more positive? Well, it comes back around to, am I really going to achieve it? And am I really going to do well if I don't feel that I can? Am I going to be positive about doing it if I've decided I'm not capable Having self-belief that you will figure it out. Having the confidence in your own ability to learn something, that growth mindset, is key to being positive. Otherwise, you'll go through every situation negative that you can't do it. You won't do it. It'll never happen. You know, I talked about my son who can't catch a ball. Well, it's just the same. He needs to have the confidence and self-belief that he can learn it just like we can learn anything. We might ingest, and I say this all the time, say, I'm a rubbish baker, I can never bake cakes. But the reality is, I could learn it. We can learn these things, we can do better. Sure enough, it might never be my zone of genius, the thing that brings me joy and excitement. But it's not about that. 
It's about focusing in on having confidence and self-belief that you can do and learn the thing that you want to do. That will make you feel more positive about getting through tomorrow, about getting through your next goal. And that's what we want here. Hopefully you will join me on Instagram for the seven days of positivity. If you've missed it, you can always replay the reels and you can always sign up over on my website to get more updates. Fantastic. I hope you have a fantastic week. It has been an absolute blast talking to you. And if there's anything else I can do for you, then please do DM me. Take care, folks. I'll speak to you again very soon. Congratulations for showing up and being one of the 8% that actually turn their dreams into reality. I appreciate you for listening and I am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life. For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.